When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I gotta change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on WDVE Pittsburgh. Here are your hosts, Mike Brazuda and Matt Williamson. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. Mike Pursuta along with Matt Williamson. We're doing what we do every week, getting you ready for the upcoming matchup. In this case, it is the Broncos visiting Heinz Field on Sunday afternoon. The 3-1 Broncos against the 1-3 Steelers will be joined, uh, as we always are, by the third member of our team, Merrill Hodge. We go Full House Backfield for segment number two of our show, which uh, will be broadcast until 8 o'clock tonight. And uh, Merrill Hodge, always with tremendous insights. And Matt, uh, I'm going to tease this a little bit. I want to talk to Merrill tonight about uh, audibles and bad fourth down plays and how do you change out of them and who needs to do that because uh, we've been asking a lot of questions down on the south side about that kind of stuff this week. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> right. And nobody really is uh, all that interested in uh, engaging in conversation okay. about we'll bring it. Bring so the former player in and tell us how it goes. We'll see what Merrill has to say about it. But uh, before we get there, let's do what we always do and catch everybody up on the practice participation reports from today. We'll start with the Steelers. Full participants, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Trey Turner, Kevin Dotson and Cam Hayward limited Chase Claypool and James Washington showed up today with a groin. Okay, <laughs> great, yeah. Must be something in the water. Right, down that's there. amazing, yeah. Uh, did not participate. Cornerback uh, Cam Sutton, as well as backup defensive lineman Carlos Davis and backup uh, offensive lineman Rashad Coward. Sutton is a big deal. Yeah, he's the one, right. But week. if you're playing a team that's got K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy on IR instead of right. wide left and wide right. Shouldn't be a deal breaker, right? No. I mean, they've kind of compensated for that 
Tim Patrick's a decent player. Corton Sutton's a really good player too. Those guys are every down guys now. Where you know, and you know, Fant is a for, former first round tight end. Uh, Albert O, whose last name I can't really pronounce, has seen the field a lot more because of these injuries too. So you're seeing more twelve personnel with two tight ends on the field, both of whom run four fives or better. I mean, they're fast dudes. And what do they call uh, three tight end personnel? Thirteen. Because you're seeing a lot of that, too, That's, with Denver. They are right at the top of the league in terms of 13 personnel usage. Yeah. So it, it's kind of noteworthy. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that around the league. want to uh, highlight what went on in Denver today in just a second. But before we go there, one guy who was not on the Steelers' practice participation report who practiced was Zach Banner. Hmm. Zach is still on the injured reserve list, or I should say officially the reserve slash injured right. list. He's not been taken off it yet. The 21-day clock has started. Uh, he started practicing last week. Here's what he had to say today down on the south side. Quote, I had a really good day. I have to watch what I say to you, the media. Mm -hmm. What I said was simple. I want to play. It's the coaches pulling the leash. I'm not making it up or not leaning on them. I'm just telling you the truth. I want to play. I'm ready to play. Good. So your impression, if he's ready, if they deem him ready, whether it's this week, next week, whatever, does he just walk right into the right tackle spot? If I'm, uh, I mean, in charge, how could it hurt. He, why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what are you waiting for? Right. I, I actually thought Joe Haig held up pretty well there, but it was small amount of snaps, and I think we know what he is at this point. I hope we don't know what Chooks is at this point, but I'm starting to get a pretty yeah. strong inclination. I forgot to mention Chooks. Uh, he was a full participant as well. Okay. So If Banner and Chooks are available, Chooks goes back to left where they thought that yeah. was his natural position, and Moore takes a seat. And you, I, do you play Chooks over Moore, though, on the left? Yes. Okay. And I get Banner. I'm, I don't, feel, just, I don't feel great about it. No, none of them are the – it's not Ogden and Baselli, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, but I, I get, if Banner says he's ready, Yeah, get in there. I mean, if he can show that he's the right tackle, you at least killed one bird, you yeah. know, I mean, and figure out things from there. I mean, I think – I'm that, fine with that approach. I think they have a chance to kind of right this ship here a little bit, mm -hmm. as, as rocky as uh, it's been to one and three. If you can get to the bye at three and three – Oh, then – and you got two easy ones after that. Maybe I mean, not that anyone's bit. easy at this point, but still, um, you got a chance to do something. Still, yeah, you can't you can't get to the buy one and five. No, and then you forget about it. I mean, you so, can even come out and beat the Bears and Lions and be three and five and forget about it, especially no, in this division. This there's conference. no saving yeah. Zach Banner for uh, no. The, the, it's the rainy November. day is now. The yeah. rainy day is now. Yeah. Uh, in Denver, Teddy Bridgewater limited. Uh, okay. He did nothing yesterday, though. Well, he lifted weights and went to meetings. and okay, But he didn't start his he was, no, concussion he, he protocol. He was on the field. Okay. Um, I know a guy out there uh, pretty well, Jeff Legwald. Who, oh, he does uh, good work. He does great work. Yeah. He he thinks Bridgewater's going to play. Oh, really? Um, okay. It's a suspicion, but. Boy, he, it's night and day between those two quarterbacks. Oh, Just my God. style and everything about yeah. them. They yeah. have no chance with Locke, and they can win with Bridgewater. I think so. Partic I mean, particularly in their depleted state without the big play wide receiver. Right, right. Uh, Melvin Gordon, the third, limited. Deontay Spencer, receiver, and a uh, pretty good return guy. People should remember from his days here in Pittsburgh. Patrick Sertan, the second corner, limited. Uh, a couple other guys, Matt, who were limited. The two starting guards, Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those guys played against the Ravens. Decent players, too. You know, Munchak's done pretty Pretty good work with that line all in all. It's not super talented. 
Um, but it isn't a bad group. I mean, you lose both your starting guards. That's obviously a big deal. And you mentioned the receiver injuries they're trying to overcome. Um, Bridgewater would go a long way of keeping them on course and play their style. The beauty of Bridgewater versus Locke, which makes so much sense for the style of team Denver is, he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, he's he's Has very he yeah, he's very Alex Smith like. Yeah. You're not just saying he doesn't turn it over like that's a characterization of his play. He has not and, turned and, it over. Right. He doesn't, and he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they're a defensive oriented type team. I mean, don't you feel like this? The game coming up on Sunday is it's a race to thirteen. Whoever gets there first wins. Yeah, I, I, I got sixteen nine. Somebody. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, in that neighborhood. I don't know who, but, yeah, I don't know where the points are going to come from. I, I guess the over-under number dropped like seven throughout the course of the week. It's 39 and a half. That's remarkably low. It was before yeah. we started this show. Uh, the Another guy that you referenced earlier tonight, the tight end, second-year tight end out of Missouri, Albert Oikue Boonham. I think is how I you say that. I don't think that's how you say it. Oh, I think, I think that's <laughs> okay, it. Okay, okay. Albert O works. That's what everybody calls him. That's the, <laughs> he, he can really run. He can. Uh, he's got a hamstring, so I guess he's not running as well as uh, he can mm. under normal circumstances. Both their tight ends can fly. He did not practice today. Noah Fant's a great player. He is. He is. Uh, Keith Butler, the Steelers' defensive coordinator, said right now the way the Broncos are constructed, he's their number one receiver. Like that's. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. You know, just in terms he's of more dangerous targets than and usage. Or, yeah, kind of like the Waller conversation we had yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah, I would say so. Sutton's pretty good, but I, I I I can't disagree with that. Tim Patrick's done a nice job transforming yeah. himself from a guy from nowhere mm-hmm. to the practice squad to now a regular participant in the yeah, league. Yeah, a but, regular valuable contributor. Yeah, but he doesn't um, scare me. No, Judy's the one that's you know the best player of the group in my opinion. He was ready for a breakout. What a shame. Um, Fant, I didn't love him coming out of school, and frankly, I was kind of wrong about him. I thought he was very straight lineish. But they do a great he job. Went to Iowa, right? He went to Iowa. Him and Hawkinson came out that same How year. Can as you both. Not loving Iowa tight end. Well, I mean, I'm talking about as a top twenty. Do you tight not pick. like corn? Do you not like apple pie? <laughs> do you not like America? <laughs> I just thought he was a little straight lineish and not real fluid. But man, they get him on crossers and hit him in stride, yeah. and he runs away from people. I don't he, think they're targeting him enough. With, I think I, I think you're right. Without you're their right. deep guys, right? And especially because they're not going to be a real downfield a super aggressive team anyways you know hit him and keep moving and and Javante Williams too is another one I like I think he's going to push Gordon out of the way one of these days well it's interesting you bring that up because I mentioned a moment ago Gordon with the lower leg uh didn't practice Wednesday limited today last Sunday against the Ravens uh Williams had one more snap than Gordon did it was the first time he played more yep. now Gordon they're was almost 50 50 right down Gordon the middle. was a little right. banged up but Williams I remember he was getting a lot of love pre-draft Oh, Dale and I talked about him a ton for the Steelers. You know, I mean, if he's right behind Najee. He's 5'10", 220, mm-hmm. and he's hard to tackle. There's nothing to hit, man. It's like it's like a big, a very, powerful bowling ball. Yeah, a very yeah. compact bowling ball. He had a run. The one last week. Against the Ravens. Did you yeah. see that one? Oh, yeah. He planted two guys. I wish I would have wrote down the numbers. Okay. Uh, but then yeah. one guy Dragged hit him as and, soon right. as he got the ball in the hole. Pow, knocked that guy on his backside. <laughs> right. Then he took about two, three steps, did it again. And now he gets about five yards from the line of scrimmage. And Marlon Humphrey just jumps on his back. He carried Humphrey he carried. for 20 yards. Yeah, I mean, not 
10 or 5. I'm not exaggerating. Like, to the 8-yard line. Yeah. Marlon Humphrey is a tough son pounds. of a gun. Yeah, Bama, one of the best corners in the league. Right, right. This run, it's the best run I've seen all year. And he's a decent receiver. I mean, yeah. he is an after-contact monster. I, 31 little... yards. I think he was the guy. You wouldn't take him in the first round, but if you wanted running he back. He didn't last much further. Yeah. I mean, Denver uh, traded up ahead of Miami to make sure they got him. Early, early second round. Really good, good player. player yeah. Tough guy to tackle. And uh, you know, Mike Munchak's the offensive line coach. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna run some outside zone, they're gonna run some power. Yeah. Particularly if those two guards are back, I think they'll be more a power based attack. Probably true. Uh, those Probably guys true. aren't real athletic, but they're tough guys. They Ry- are Ryzen and Glasgow. Yes. Uh but don't you think, Matt, that uh I know the Steelers emphasis has been uh so pronounced about not letting the ball get thrown over your heads because it happened to them mm-hmm. two weeks in a row. It happened against the Raiders. It happened against the Bengals. Yeah. Didn't happen in the Green Bay game. I'm jamming the box. I'm jamming the line of scrimmage. Me too. I'm saying yeah. you are not running the ball. And if we, you, I agree. If you try to throw it to tight ends and slow possession receivers, we'll see how that works out for you. Yeah, and dumping it. I mean, Williams and Gordon are both decent receivers too, but they're not special receivers. I mean, Fant and Sutton and those guys, as we mentioned, and Alberto could certainly get behind you or hit him in stride and, you know, take it to the house if you've got a lot of people near the line of scrimmage. But still, make him do it. You know, I mean, I'm not a hugest Bridgewater fan, but he clearly is perfect for them compared to Locke. And my one of the, my complaints about Bridgewater over the years was he was conservative to a fault. You know, I mean, this was not going to turn the ball over. But this year, he's actually pushed it down the field Reasonably well. I mean, certainly the most in his career. So that would scare me a little, but I'm still with you. I mean, it, you can't let that running game get going. And what what's going to be, you know, a very tight game, in my opinion. I've been saying all week, this is one of those weeks where, you know, if the drive ends with a kick of some sort, fine. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all good, right. Just and I, I really think the Steelers have to get back to that. I mean, we'll get into some protocols of audibles with Merrill and some more, you know, one-on-one matchup stuff, but the Steelers just have to realize who they are right now and stop trying to do too much. Let the other team lose the game. Right. You know, Ben, I understand you don't have a lot of time back there. If it breaks down, take the sack, go down. Mm -hmm. Don't fumble the ball. Don't force it and get it picked off. Right. Pun it to them. Let your defense do some of the things that have been frustrating your group for the last couple of years because the other offense is one-dimensional. Uh, make a play on special teams. They made one against Buffalo, the Steelers mm-hmm. did. They should have been Awfully credited. Close last week, yeah. Oh, I think, I think, I think they was, got robbed. Yeah. It was legit. And yeah. Ten-point swing, of course. They blocked yeah. a field goal and returned it for a touchdown. I mean, win it that way. Do do mm-hmm. what you can when you can. Stop forcing the issue. Uh, There's it, a real art to not losing games in the NFL. You know, I mean, it's different than winning a game and not losing a game aren't the same things. You know, and I, I really felt like – Burrow, especially Rodgers, realized if I don't lose this thing, Steelers will lose it for me, you know? And, and, and they sit back and did, right. A um, couple of examples of that. Um, T.J. Watt, back from the groin injury in Green Bay. Now, he ended up being credited with a couple of sacks. Mm-hmm. One, he tripped a guy. <laughs> right, and, and the right, other right. one, Aaron Rodgers just slid at his feet because the game was over at that point. But he – he took himself to task after the game. He was disappointed in his play, Watt. He said he was getting out, trying to do too much, mm-hmm. not trusting the guy next to him. I think a, the probably most obvious example, that was the Rodgers touchdown run. Yeah, Five-man pressure, and Watt ended up yeah. up the middle of the field. And there was a huge gap. 
And again, Rodgers will just take every mistake you make yeah. and you know, stick, stick it in jail. Uh, an offensive example of that, uh, first play of the fir- fourth quarter, uh, third and four, they throw a slant to Deontay Johnson. He gets kind of spun around after he catches the ball but shakes the guy, runs through another tackle. He's moving up the field. He's a half yard from the line to gain, and two more defenders come charging up, so he goes backwards, he goes backwards. and tries to swing it to the boundary and make a big play out of it. He ends up gaining zero yards. Then they decide to go for it on fourth down, and Deontay Johnson false starts. This is the stuff that gets you beat. I'm going to even take a step further because I think it was like a four-play stretch there that I just wanted to tear my hair out of my head because right before the sequence you mentioned, right before it, was the end of the third quarter. I want to say there was 28 seconds on the clock, something like that. And it's a small little thing, but you're losing. You could have got two plays off before the quarter. They only got one. You know, like, come on, you need to, the clock is your enemy here. You know, you're making things too easy. Snap the ball, hustle up, do it again. You know, let the whistle blow and try it again. You know, get into the fourth quarter. Maybe you make a play. Some more ways to lose a game. You know, they had the misfortune of uh, getting jobbed on that call, the block field Mm -hmm. goal. So they go into halftime, they're down 17-10. Packers get the kick, long drive. They have a first and goal at the five. Yes. Defense digs in, gets two negative plays, minus three each, and then an incompletion. So Green Bay kicks a field goal. Right. All right. You're only work. Right. Ten points down to Aaron Rodgers at home is not ideal, but you're in it still. You're in it. Right. You got a quarter and a half, you're in the game. Kickoff holding on Benny Snell. Yeah. Drive starts at the eight yard line. It ends with a twenty yard punt. Yeah. Now twenty yard punt. That now you've given brutal. Aaron Rodgers the ball because they're trying to directional kick and mm-hmm. Presley Harvin the third kicked it out of bounds too early. Too early. And all Aaron Rodgers has to do now is drive the ball 40 yards, and it's another touchdown. Now it's over. Now it's over. Yeah, exactly. Now it's over. Um, a lot of those type of things. You know, that punt, it doesn't get talked about enough, but, I mean, it's definitely one of the top seven or eight biggest plays of the game. You know, things like because it was a, a, a screw-up that you couldn't afford. Yeah. You know, that stretch you talked about, a whole hour on the real clock of the world pretty much went off without the Steelers touching the football, going into half and all that, too. And um, I, I got to be honest, though. I mean, offensively, I thought the Steelers took a few steps forward, though. I mean, they're not big steps. They're baby steps. But I thought the line played a little better. I thought there was a semblance of a running game. I thought there was a little bit of progress. Yeah, and I guess, you know, that's a relative – Character, I mean, we're starting from nothing. Characterization. Right, right. I mean, you run for 60-something yards, mm-hmm. it's, and it's better. It, it, right. And, um, and, and they didn't run the ball at the end of the game, as usual. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of attempts. I think this game, I would – if you run the ball three times and punt, okay. I'm okay with that. It's going to be three-nothing or seven-six or, you man, know. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. Right, I just mean, keep it, The idea the is to get to the end and have one more point. It's not – Yeah, yeah. You're not there to put on a show. You're not there to pad stats. You, yeah. You know. Oh, look what we can do. Just do what you can. Yeah. I mean, the two-yard runs in the first quarter, okay. Give it to them again. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, Bash away, throw one. it sideways, kick it the hell out of there. Yep. You know, back to that 40-yard drive. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of the critical plays, the critical play, because it was only a four-yard drive, four-play drive, 25-yard run to the one-yard line, and it came off a jet sweep motion, and Keith Butler said today that that screwed them up in terms of their fits. Really? And wasn't that 
The whole idea is that what Cannon. we're here to do. How about the irony of that? Right, <laughs> right, right. And as Merrill has that told, that stuff's hard to play against. Right, it's hard to play against. But as Merrill has told us, it's also hard for the offense because when you run that, the defense adjusts. And Merrill's point was the Steelers were screwing themselves up. That's why they've gotten away from it. Oh, right, right. I mean, it, that seems pretty clear. And I'm not so it, sure the quarterbacks 100% bought in either. The but, defense would shift and they wouldn't know who to block. And then they know uh, who to block, right. And like, it's just, look what it can do when you, when you execute. The league has gone this way for reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's all about putting the defenders in conflict. If you can make them take half a step or even lean right when they should go left or – Take a step backwards thinking it's going to be a pass or take a step forward you think it's going to be a run. I use this example all the time. Like if you're T.J. Watt or Ingram or one of these edge defenders and Tyreek Hill was running a 4-2 parallel to the line of scrimmage before the ball snapped, you're petrified. You know, if they hand the ball to Tyreek, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, it just – He's got a running start. He's got a running start. And he's faster than you to begin with. Right. If they give him the ball – it, if they don't give them the ball, it's going to affect your pass rush. I mean, it's just it's 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 sort of a cheat code in the league right now, to be honest with you. And it makes me crazy that they can't figure it out or use it. Yeah, one more play that uh, you know, I'm sure frustrated Steelers fans and the Steelers themselves uh, in the first quarter. One of the few throws that Aaron Rodgers missed. It was down the middle. He tried to hit Randall Cobb over. I think it was uh, Arthur Mallett mm-hmm. and. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick was behind the play. Right. And got his left, hit him in the left hand. And we talked to Mika a little bit today, and I asked him, is that a play you could have made or should have made? And he basically said both. Both, yeah. So it was a difficult play, but I've made it before. Sure. And he's a special player, and he's making special plays. And You're, you know, you're right, great right. guys have to be great in that kind of game. They and do. the problem, one of the problems is that they're kind of in a position right now, Matt, where they have no margin for error. You know, they have no margin for error in any game. Aaron I mean, Rodgers isn't going right. to throw you the ball very often, so you no. better catch it when he does. You're not going to have Juju Smith-Schuster streaking open on what could be a touchdown and then a, either another touchdown or a real long play. Right, right. Two big plays down the middle, the area of the field you never attack. And you I mean, you've got to hit at least one of those, right. if and, not both of them. Because and some of the, we know how this, this game works. Some of it's out of your hands. The kick block, okay, you got the you got the wrong end of the stick there, you know. Yeah. And so the big plays, you only, this team has to t- capitalize on every big play opportunity they possibly get. And that's, it's hard to win that way. It just is. Particularly in Green Bay. Uh, yeah. A lot more to get to tonight. When we come back, we'll be joined by our feature back, Merrill Hodge. And uh, we'll kick things around uh, as the show continues till 8 o'clock tonight with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to Steelers Preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR until 8 o'clock tonight. Time now to welcome the third member of our team to the show, as we do each and every week, Merrill Hodge. You might remember him uh, from his days as uh, a Steelers running back. You might remember his... 30-plus years of appearances on the DVE morning show. You might remember he's the guy who last week told us that he knocked down an 11-point <laughs> buck that was 33 inches wide. Merrill, when you mentioned that, I thought of that line from Jaws where uh, Quint is uh, getting a, a, a spear or whatever they throw into the great white shark, and he says, wait on the taxidermy, man. See what I brung him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that actually, that's how you know if you have, if you, that's how you know if your, uh, your beast is unique. If your taxidermy freaks over him, because he sees all everything. Oh, I bet he sees them all. Yeah. This guy, yeah. This guy's been here 25 years. He's like, I've never seen anything that wide in the state of Ohio. <laughs> that's, that's actually, that's actually pretty incredible. Now he's not the only taxidermist obviously. So maybe there is something wider, but you know, it's, it's rare to get to anything that, that wide and that big. It really is. Well, Merrill, um, We've been kind of repetitive here uh, during the first uh, four weeks of the season because they haven't got the running game going and the line is uh, having its struggles. But I wanted to start with you tonight on uh, kind of a conceptual question. Uh, We've heard a lot about failed fourth downs in the last couple, three weeks. And uh, when we heard from Juju Smith-Schuster right after the Green Bay game on Sunday, he said the, the failed shallow cross that they threw to him and didn't cover four yards. Uh, part of the problem was that's a man beater and the Packers were playing zone. Uh, how right. do they not see that? How do you get out of that? What is not happening on these fourth downs that are, are not just failing the sideways passes to Najee Harris behind the line of scrimmage and that play to Juju. Yeah. They have all failed miserably. They have not at any moment threatened to move the chains. Right. Well, now uh, I'm just going to be real, honest and frank i mean sometimes you know you anticipate the wrong thing now i go back to that fourth play. actually i was wrong um i mentioned that they played man actually it was a blitz look and they bailed out into a zone so they really didn't play man but it looked like a man concept now you got to realize things happen you had about two seconds to figure things out maybe a one you know to really figure things out so I think the blitz look they gave them initially the first time and the way they bailed out, they probably, you know, I'm guessing, I don't know this for a fact, you were anticipating they were going to probably see some type of a man concept when they did it. Now it's, you know, listen, you can have check with me. There's many times that um, you go into a game and it can be a check with me run, you know, you can go to a strong side or weak side. It's going to depend clearly on what kind of front they're running. Um, and then we're going to run away from it or we're going to target somebody with that, it could be a check with me, run or pass. You know, you have a lot of those options. Um, but once you commit to something, you know, and you go to snap the ball, I mean, that's why this league is so extraordinary. The chess match that goes on, you know, the disguising that goes on. I mean, I, I use Peyton Manning a lot from this perspective because that's why Peyton Manning never did motions or shifts. That's why he got to the line of scrimmage. He wanted to wait you out. You know, he wanted to watch and see what you're going to, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to wait till the last second. That's why playing him was difficult, you know, and good game plans like uh, Bill Belichick is they would move on the last, in the last three seconds, you know, and that's how he threw the pick six um, in the FC championship game. You know, that, that's a whole other um, discussion, but you know, it's, I don't know, it sounds relatively easy. How could you not um, have something that is zone based? Um, now I will tell you this too. Even though you have man beaters, in all fairness, you have to read that as a wide receiver, and you got to adjust to that. You can't just run a man beater when you're there playing zone. So yeah. you know, I could. I, could I mean, argue. Juju ran right into the tackle. Yeah, the guy right. was well, standing there. Right, and, right, right, right. He bailed out, and he, I, I understand that. And actually, what he did, he engaged. I forget who he engaged, and he followed him for a step, and then he let him go. Friermuth. You know, so okay, yeah, okay, so. Initially, he looked like he was going to cover him, man, then he dropped him. So um, that could have clearly looked like man from an initial an initial snap of the ball. 
But I'll be honest with you, when you have man beaters, you still don't run the dang thing as a man route if they're playing zone. You got to sit things down. You got to adjust to that. I mean, I remember that being one of the biggest challenges. I remember when I was a rookie, and I played in a system. Um, I played in a conference, probably the only conference in the country, actually, that was throwing the football to the magnitude that we used to withdraw. I mean, we could play the University of Idaho, and we'd have a 1,000 yards passing with two teams. I mean, I knew how to pass block. I ran a ton of routes. I played in the slot. I knew pass protection. I knew how to run man routes versus zone routes. And if you had a man route on and they were playing zone, you had to adjust it to a zone. And everybody, you know, all these other colleges, they do a better job now. They had no idea what that was. And trying to get backs to understand, okay, we're going to run an option route. That's a man route, technically, right? But as we leave and they play in zone, you can't run an option route. You got to run a zone type option route on them because there's going to be a void. You got to find that void. So, you know, receivers have a responsibility to see that too. And your quarterback, they got to see that together. Um, So just because it's a man beater, doesn't mean you run a man route if there is a zone coverage. <laughs> you got to adjust <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. I mean, yeah. and that, that's part of why wide receivers struggle transitioning to the NFL is they don't see things as clearly as they should see them, as fast as they need to see them. So, you know, I, I think that is being, you know, we're pointing fingers and casting blame when, quite honestly, I know it's a man beater. However, they played zone, then you run like a zone route. You don't run a man beater, okay? They're playing zone, adjust the zone. Sit down in the zone. Find the opening. Sit down in between both linebackers. Don't run into him. Okay, that's on you. That's not on the defense. That's not on the, the play caller. That's on you. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot about that conceptually. It isn't like, okay, it's a man. I'm just going to run a man around. I'm going to run right to the guy who's sitting there in zone. I mean, that, that's actually dumb. I'll be honest with you. That's not smart. Football. Right, right. It didn't. It didn't you know, look you, like you're uh, watching tape. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, what are you doing? It's zone. Well, sit down." So uh, you know, <laughs> I, real real quick. I mean, do you think there's communication problems going on? I mean, as a former player, you knew it's it's a hard thing for us to judge from afar, you know. But I mean, early in the year, the the offensive line would double somebody and then they'd both move the linebacker and didn't communicate well, you know, things like this. I'm not blaming anyone, but it doesn't seem like everything's buttoned up. That that happens a lot. Listen, that's what's great about watching tape. You you can, you can see it occasionally if you're watching TV, you'll may see a glimpse of it, but when you get to the end zone angle is when I try, I love watching tape because you body language tells you everything. You know, actually, you know who a guy, you this is kind of, it's on point with what we're talking about, but it's a different team. Okay, Jadavion Clowney. Okay, I love watching him play because he does about six or seven mental busts a game. <laughs> right. a game. And when he does it, his his reaction is classic. I just got to watch you a second. It's classic, actually. He flips out, and he's shaking his head, and he's hitting his head because he's like, what am I doing? Because he loses contact. I'm like, so, like, he clearly – I know he made a mistake, but he clearly <laughs> – magnifies his mistake by his behavior. Now, to your point, I've just seen this so much offensive linemen, you know, looking at each other and talking to each other as they're coming back um, to the huddle. And that's not, hey, good job. That's like, hey, I thought you had him. Well, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can tell they're discussing. To your point, they've left somebody unaccounted for and they've both dispersed for whatever reason. And that is a lot. That is a big part of the problem it's not the only problem but it's part of their problems that that communication aspect from pass protection to run blocking 
Um, and that, 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 that happens. It's reared it's reared its head every week, you know, and those are the things that actually you walk into a game going, we can't do. Cause we already know the guys are good. They're going to win some. We know that we can't, we can't defeat ourselves. And that's what's defeating yourself is when you're doing self-inflicted wounds and you're pulling the pin on the grenade and you're standing there on it. That's the problem. That, that, that's their biggest problem right now. That's why it is correctable. You don't know when it could be corrected, but to this point, it really hasn't. And they keep, they keep doing it at critical moments. And then that's, that's what they're trying to work through, obviously, and, and hopefully they get through that sooner than later. Merrill, uh, Zach Banner practiced today and said afterward he's ready to go, and he knows it's up to the coaches, but he wants to play. He said he had a great day. It's the second week he's been working uh, since uh, he had that setback uh, in the preseason game against Detroit. If if you get to make the call, does he go in at, at right tackle or maybe start him out as the – Number seventy-two is eligible guy and ease him in. What's uh, what would be your preferred plan of attack up well, front? Well, I would tell you, this, you know, both tackles have really struggled. You know, they've really, really struggled. Um, um, this is not this is not about hurting feelings. Now, this is about we gotta have some consistency. Um, you know, he hasn't had a lot of reps. You know, so you know you got away with that too. He's like. You know, we're a month into the season, and there's a certain seasoning that goes on with somebody who's played a month versus somebody who hasn't played a month. You know, and that's where, you, you know, you, you do need to be in a meeting room and go to that practice every day to really make that call. You know, like, let's say if I was in a meeting, the guy was sharp, obviously he has experience. I'm at practice, and I feel good about it. I've, I might, you know, I'm, the, I mean, I'm just, I'm speculating because I don't have all that information. That's hey, Mel, that's, that's what we're here for. We're, we're, we're just yeah. shooting from yeah. the lip here. We're going to split, but it's been so inconsistent at that position that um, you do it in the, yeah, I would do it from a perspective of, I'm hoping I'm going to stabilize something in our office line so we can get some continuity going here. So if you put Banner in, do you put uh, Hague over on the left side or do you move a core for the left? Uh, or do you leave more there? Um, or do you leave um, over there? Yeah. Well, he's really, you know, he's really struggled. You know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I feel for him. He's a rookie. He's yeah. had some, he's had tough days, you know. And listen, he got some pass rushers coming into town that don't mess around. Yeah, one you know? in particular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Von Miller ain't no joke. They got a couple, you know. Let's let's be honest, and they're gonna find weak links. They're, that's just what they, that's what they do. They're gonna find the weak link, and they're gonna come after you. Um, so if you feel like somebody could really, if you have some, now I think if you have some experience that you feel very comfortable about, you could put that in your offensive line. I'd do that because the youth is hurting you right now, and that area hurts you really at critical times. And and you're gonna have to go into this game doing some things anyway. I, I use these, you know, you can block Von Miller by by just calling plays to him, making him play something you don't want to play. Let's go play the run, Vaughn. You're not going to rush the quarterback. We're going to – I can make you chase all day. I can create formations and widen you out, make you fight through a tight end and wide receivers before you even get to my tackle. Before my tackle even has to go to work. You know, from a schematic thing, I would do those things too to help my guys, regardless of who starts, because that's only – I would shoot the Ravens did a great job of that. That big that touchdown throw uh, Lamar Jackson through, that was – a typical formation um, pass protection. 
they ran both they lined up their both their backs like in the tight end position. They both ran right through their defense, the outside rushers, pass rushers. Von Miller didn't get to the tackle until about two seconds. Now, if you can do that via formation, well, you got some chances to get down the field. If you just let them come off a short edge and say our tackles have to be good today, that's it's gonna be a long day. Which I listen, I highly doubt that happens. You know, there'll be occasion that, that has to they have to do that. But very seldom will they do that. I would think you would chip a guy, one formation a guy, and play call a guy a lot to help your offense. Do you think the Steelers have done enough of that? I mean, I would Great have liked question. to seen Took more the words chips. right out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, I mean, I know Najee's a rookie and Fryer Moose a rookie and Ebron's not the most physical guy, but it seems like they could help their tackles more. Yeah, well, you know, they, they did – actually, the touchdown pass they threw, it was identical to that. They, they ran a bunch formation, widened the outside rusher in Screen Bay – you know, about five yards out wider. And I forget the back who was over on that side, but he was there to help the tackle. The tackle had done a good job. So he left, you know, so they, and Ben had time. And it's interesting, Ben has time. It's interesting the throws he can make, you know, versus being under duress. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, he hasn't missed some throws because he has missed some throws, but he's been under duress a lot with those throws. Um, And that's, you know, people want to switch the quarterback. I'm like, I'd do it too if, Quarterback switch made everybody block everybody, do the right thing, and have no more mistakes. <laughs> if, if you could, if that was going to do to solve all those yeah. problems, then you'd do that in a heartbeat. But that's not going to solve those problems. He gives you he's your best chance to win every Sunday. He's the only reason you won one game because of the throw he made. So, um, but I, I we'll see. It'll be interesting to see um, because you know you can get ideas from. I mean, these guys aren't stupid. I mean, they they know what they're doing. I mean, and other teams do things that give you ideas of things that bothered Denver. I mean, I'm telling you, they did a good job formation-wise to Denver. They they got in they got in their ear from the very beginning and let them know that you aren't going to be rushing our quarterback all day. I mean, Mark Jackson had like five seconds. I mean, he literally stood there. I mean, the double-team guy actually ended up winning and hitting, and hitting him, not Von Miller or, or the other guy. So, um you know, I would expect to see some things like that in this game, too. If they could hit a couple more of those big plays, boy, that would really – I think it really helped this offense get going and make you feel better about yourself. And once those things happen, things just seem to go the other way for you, too. They start to go – fall back in, fall into place for you. Merrill, we've seen uh, and, and heard from a couple of guys since that Packers game. T.J. Watt and Deontay Johnson both talked about trying to do too much, you know, pushing because they're either not confident in – uh, the guy next to them, or they're so desperate for big plays that have been tough to come by. Uh, are we about at uh, the critical juncture here where it better get fixed on Sunday and the week after, or it's going to be tough to fix ever for this yeah, season? This, this is, honestly, this is what I love about the NFL. You know, it's like after week one. I mean, you already start talking about, you know, the teams that they go on to, the odds of them not making the playoffs. Okay, week two. <laughs> That's just how critical every <laughs> week is. Um and yeah, I, I don't. There's no doubt that this is a daunting task to overcome, especially with the division and the way people are playing in that division. Um, you you need to have another W, you know, and within that W, really show a, a lot of improvement offensively, you know, and defensively. You know, that, that defense, you know, there's been a problem, you know, they which is going to. I mean, it's going to rear its ugly head here, or you're going to show you're okay here. Listen, Denver going to run the football, and they're pretty good at it. They, they got—I don't know, if you guys, 
many fans know about the Williams kid from North Carolina, the kid they got. Oh, oh we were just talking about. Did you see that thirty-one yard run against Baltimore where he got two guys? Bro, I'm telling you this. I'm watching. I'm getting ready to do the draft, and I, I plug tape in him, and I'm like, now, why? Now, why wasn't he part of the Heisman discussion? I swear to you, I was like, <laughs> that dude is a bad, bad man. Now, he is the equivalent of Najee Harris. In fact, the way his style is a little more physical than Najee's. In yeah. fact, I, he is a guy. When I now, when I say this, I'll explain a little bit. I've never seen a guy get behind his pads and strike defenders and tacklers better than him. And there's two things I love about that. First of all, it keeps you a healthy runner, number one. But man, it is hard to tackle. Okay, that run you're talking about is a great example of example of that. He just has a knack that gets behind his pads. He gets his hand, same foot, same shoulder. He has that curl and that protection, and you just can't get in there. And then he strikes you, and he bounces off, and he's gone. I mean, he is not an easy guy to tackle. He is a very difficult guy to tackle. So, How much fun you, is that, by the know, way, to put your shoulder down and knock a guy on his backside and keep running? It's a great put a corner on your back honestly, for 20 yards. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's, like, it's like hitting a golf ball 330 yards. <laughs> finally, you finally hit the ball, and you can feel it, that, that, feeling, yeah. that feeling. And you can feel the other person. You hear like a sound like this guy go, oh, or something like that. Take all the wind out of him. I am telling you, it is, it is actually one. Now, listen, I've been on both ends of that. I've been on the Donnie <laughs> Shell. Donnie Shell was the greatest striker in the history of football. Okay. <laughs> we, we could have, you could do a whole show on this. Greatest striker in NFL history. Ask Earl Campbell about it. When people ask me, who hit you the hardest you've ever been hit, I always go to the practice where Donnie Shell hit me. Donnie Shell could same foot, same shoulder. A, a man that outweighed him by a hundred pounds and destroy him. And he was, he did, he was a work of art for him. He was the best. And it was when he struck me that I realized that was going to be a passion of mine to be able to run like that. Now you can't always get like that as a runner because it's traffic coming from everywhere. You can only do it so many times, especially with the initial guy. That's who you do it with. But man, if you can do it there, you give yourself, a chance. I mean, I did it to Hardy Nickerson in the hole one day. About my second year in the league, and it was. I remember, I remember his. I saw his cleats. They went up in the sky. <laughs> and I mean, now, and you know who's chasing me down the field? Chuck Knoll. And you know what he's yelling at me? Did you feel it? Did you feel <laughs> it? <Great. laughs> that's and to your point. I did. It's the first time I ever felt it. I felt it. I felt the power, and I felt the protection that came with that. And this kid runs like that. I, I tell you this, I I can't recall anybody that was that ran that runs like him that come out of college that I've seen. So, you know, he's a he's a special cat, you know, and you have Melvin Gordon who's developed into a good runner. He was not like that coming out of Wisconsin. It took him a while to learn how to play in this league. But you got two runners that they rely heavily on. And I don't know who's gonna start a quarterback. I have not heard. Um, Bridgewater was uh, limited today for what that's worth. Who was limited? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, yeah. Yeah. And see, I don't know if you're going to know that till game time. Now, now, Teddy Bridgewater, listen, they're still going to lean on the running game, but um, it's not as big a deal if Teddy Bridgewater can play. Uh, the other kid, well, you, you just never know what you're going to get from him. I mean, that's a good thing for the Steelers if he plays. Yeah. I'm just saying Wild it's better. Stallion. It's better. A couple picks, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Well, because he does some stuff. He does like that in Missouri. He was a guy that in college. He was just – everybody goes, oh, I got a big arm. Yeah, he, he, he sure does. However, he's going to throw it to the other team a couple times, and that's not good. 
so that takes your big arm away from um, your skill set being a an incredible weapon. It's you don't know how to control it. And he does uh, he just does some things that are very bizarre during games. And just and I'll make a throw. I mean, he was like a pile of gold or a pile of garbage. You know, he's, <laughs> it's really interesting. Merrill, we got to bounce, but uh, great stuff uh, as per usual. It just occurred to me that the Steelers are playing Denver. It's not in Denver. It's here, but we've got you on to set the table for it, and hopefully somebody picks up where you left off at Mile High. Well, let's get after him, brother. We need a win, baby. Go Steelers. (laughs) Merrill Hodge uh, joining the show. We've got uh, one more break to take, and then Matt and I will come back and put a bow on it. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson wrapping things up on another Thursday edition of Steelers Preview. Matt, one of the things I wanted to get to, and this is a growing frustration of mine. Okay. I look at this Denver defense and the inside linebackers in particular. Alexander Johnson, number 45, is basically Vince Williams. Yeah, big thumper type, yeah. A guy who's not playing at the right time for how he plays the game. Right, right. not a coverage guy, not a space player, right. The other inside guy is Justin Stranod, Mm -hmm. who's undersized and not a coverage guy. No, those guys play a lot of snaps because Josie Jewell's out, who isn't great either. Yeah, he's on. Uh, mm-hmm. He's supposed to be their three-down guy, Jewell, right, right, right. and he's on IR. They've all been bumped up on, with a the level. two good receivers. Matt, the Steelers have Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris. Why are they not exploiting these other teams' lack of inside linebackers that can do both, which almost everybody – Yeah. So rare are these guys that can play the run and cover. Why are the Steelers not making them cover guys who they should not be able to cover? One week ago – I said the exact same thing about Green Bay, that they got some guys up front. They got a secondary, but they kind of ignore the linebacker position. The Raiders? Raiders, same thing. The Bengals? (laughs) Bengals, same thing. Where the hell is it? Right. And what happened since then? Green Bay went up and picked up Jalen Smith because their linebackers are just a bunch of dudes. Denver signed Avery Wilkerson. Yeah, <laughs> Avery Williamson. Williamson, I'm sorry. No relation. For, for the practice squad. Uh, right. And this is this defense. That's how bad they are. That's <laughs> right. This defense, more than those others, is really good up front, really good on the back end, just two dudes in the middle. Like, not only to me should Harris get carry after carry after carry because they're not the Broncos aren't going to run away and hide from you, but if you can't get him matched up on linebackers and Ebron and Fryermuth, like you said, what are we doing here? I mean, that has to be the game plan. And and I'm not talking about Najee Harris in the flat on fourth down and <laughs> throw it behind the line of scrimmage. No, I'll, no. Get him out there and get him in a route. Get him in the middle. Run Fryermuth. routes. Why are they not featuring Fryermuth more? I, I don't understand it either. I mean, to their credit, I mean, this isn't immense credit. They got Juju down the middle of the field a little bit. Didn't work, of course, because the throws were horrible. But they have to attack the middle of the field, and these defenses are playing are set up for you to do it. You know, yeah. like uh, I, Harris can. You were at a lot of training camp practices. Harris can run routes. And yes, it, you know. I mean, yeah, I watched a lot of Alabama last year too. too. Right, right. Uh, Keith Butler last thing tonight. Uh, he was talking today about Noah Fant. Okay, and he said they're going to get him matched up on a linebacker. Of you, course you, they will. You can scheme a tight end on a linebacker. <laughs> well, what are we doing here? Maybe walk down the hall and. <laughs> Right, have lunch with tell somebody. Tell somebody that can uh, do something about it. Sort of like that the conversation we had to start the hour of, well, that that jet motion kind of threw us off. Yeah, stuff's hard to play against. 
I, I don't know how it goes down Sunday, other than I think the points are going to be really hard to come by, but yeah. uh, I still think they have a chance to somewhat right this ship, Matt. I do, too. I actually think that I think Denver's a better team than them, but you're getting them at a good time in terms of injuries in Diminished, your building. Yeah. You're desperate. Um, maybe they don't even have their quarterback. And stylistically, you're in the same realm as them. You know, it's not like, boy, you make a mistake, Aaron Rodgers is going to torture you. These guys won't that way. You know, I mean, you still can't. You still got to button it up. But I think it will be a close game. I'm uh, I'm right there with you. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to Shirtless Tom behind the glass for uh, uh, managing our game so efficiently. Thanks to Merrill for joining us, as he always does. And thank you for finding us, however and wherever you found us. Matt and I are going to do this again next week. Until then, for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You've been listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone.